Hi there, and welcome to Verbal Voices. I'm Paul Lemley, Head of Partnerships at Verbal. We're an early stage startup building audio and podcasting technology for creators just like you. As of this recording, we're working to launch our beta platform, which we cannot wait to introduce you to. This experimental podcast is a way for us to connect with audio creators of all stripes, from traditional interview hosts, audio storytellers, businesses using podcasts to drive leads and awareness, poets, speakers, battle rappers, stand-up comics, audiobook authors, teachers, and more. Our new platform will cater to them all, and it's my responsibility to dive deep with them on their creative efforts. I want to find out how they've mastered their craft, what challenges they've faced and overcome, what tools they use to grow their audience, and of course, what they're excited about most within this fast-growing world of audio. On this episode, we have Esther Garfin, founder of The Alternative Food Network, a multimedia brand using audio, videos, blogs, and other resources to help individuals build healthy eating habits and stay informed about their nutrition. We talk about how her entertainment legal background helped her launch the brand, her unique approach to evergreen audio content, and interviewing experts in their field. So you ready to learn more? Let's jump right in. Esther, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing quite well. Thank you for being on the podcast today. Uh, but the first thing I want to know is how an entertainment lawyer uh, becomes a multimedia brand builder, and how did you get started with Alternative Food Network? Right. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I was I worked in television and digital media as a lawyer, so I just like hopping over a little bit onto the production side. But uh, I I just found that I liked the medium of podcasting. Uh, when I first started to think about what Alternative Food Network would look like, I thought of cooking recipes, cooking videos. Um, I didn't actually even think of podcasts right away. Again, because I come from television, digital media, video production uh, was sort of the automatic thought. And then I dabbled in... Uh, a couple of podcasts, I just just to test out and see what it was like, and I really enjoyed the medium. And so, uh, after the first year, I switched from doing the recipe videos to more podcasting. Yeah, and your site, uh, Alternative Alternative Food Network, encompasses so much. It's it's truly multimedia. Uh, you started with video. You said um, you do live streams, you do blog content, but uh, these podcast episodes are really unique in how you've structured them and how you formatted them. You're not a uh, traditional uh, episodic uh, produce podcast producer. Uh, a lot of your content is topical, essentially writing a blog post, you're doing a podcast on a specific topic and releasing it as a standalone audio unit, if you will. Uh, but then you also have series. Can you go into how you've iterated on this production? It really uh, stemmed from testing, 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 testing. Uh, when I started do producing the podcast, they were all one-offs, meaning they were just standalone episodes. Um, and all, all to do with food and health. I mean, that was the, the link between everything, but they were standalone episodes. And then after about a year or so, I felt that I could start creating series. And uh, while it wasn't my intention that I would host the series, uh, I am hosting 
two out of the three of them right now. Uh, but it is not my long-term goal to keep on hosting multiple series. I'd like to uh, produce even more series, but certainly have other hosts um, hosting. Um, but now I am focused on the series. I mean, there might be a one-off that pops up here and there, but I am focused more on building out the series. Gotcha. And, and so you're actually looking to become more of a network uh, and potentially bring on other podcasters, other audio creators, even video yeah, creators? absolutely. Perhaps. Gotcha. Yeah. As a call to action to anyone listening, uh, what types of shows are you looking to uh, bring on to the network or topics, if you will? So the, again, the link, uh, what links everything is a discussion, are discussions about food and how they can benefit our health. But that can also include food technology, innovation. Uh, it can, inc I mean, there's so many facets that can be covered in, in under this umbrella topic that um, really any, any series that touches upon that food is medicine or how, how our nutrition, how nutrition and diet can improve our health, both from a disease management perspective or a disease prevention perspective. Uh, all of that can fit on this under Alternative Food Network podcasts. Right, right. Now let's talk about your audience. The topic itself, health and wellness content, uh, in, in Google, uh, Google had a ma major algorithm shift about two years ago in that it is disregarding unauthoritative content in the health and wellness space and food within that. Or the way they've structured that is expertise, authority, and tr and trust. Uh, they're favoring the authoritative content way more. How have you approached that with podcasting and your audience uh, to make sure that your content is the most authoritative? Not that you know Google is ranking podcasts in a different way, but um, you're also talking about very authoritative topics that need the authority uh, backed behind it. How have you approached that with your audience? Well, listen, I'm, I'm an education snob to begin with. So uh, I like when people have degrees next to their name. I, I mean, my, there's no point in doing what I do if I don't provide credible content. So especially, uh, you know, we have one series called Doctors Plus. Uh, every single guest is a physician, but they're, they're MDs who've also gone on to further their own education and they have uh, certification in other areas such as, I mean, many of them are integrated physicians. So they've learned uh, to adopt other modalities and treat patients in a holistic way, but they're MDs. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that's the best of all worlds because there is a big emphasis on diet and nutrition in how they treat their patients. So you can't get more credible than that. They are all MDs plus, and that's the title, Doctors Plus. Uh, even in uh, the, I have a plant-based diet series. There, there's a registered um, dietitian nutritionist uh, coupled with a culinary uh, a culinary nutritionist. Uh, but I, I mean, I will have other guests on that show as well. There, there'll always be some credibility, a lot of credibility rather, behind these guests. And uh, I have a cannabis uh, edibles podcast. Uh, 
you know, that one is hosted by a cannabis lawyer. So very well educated uh, in this space. And uh, our guests, we've only done a couple of episodes so far, so that's still uh, a little one. But uh, actually, we're doing a podcast this coming month with a physician talking about CBD. So uh, the, the main goal is that all, that all this information is credible information. Otherwise, there's no point. Right. On one side of the spectrum, you have credibility, but on the other side, you have consumption and the ease of understanding that information. How have you approached interviewing or, or your other uh, hosts uh, approached interviewing these experts to make it very consumable for the audience? Well, because I host two of them and I'm, again, I'm a lawyer by, by background. I'm not a physician. Mm-hmm. So I'm asking the questions that everyone wants to know. They're, they're, so I'm dumbing it down myself, so to speak, in that I'm not speaking at a high medical level because I don't know the terminology either. Um, that's not my own background. So I'm asking, the, as I said, I'm asking the questions that hopefully the general population wants to know uh, in an easy to consume fashion. And I don't want to put you on the spot, but are there specific questions that you found that uh, actually yield the best results when you're talking to medical experts or any expert in general? Um, I don't think there's, I mean, I usually, I always start out with setting the stage of who they are. You know, what's their background? And again, in particular, their educational background, especially on the Doctors Plus series. Uh, so their background, and we set the stage who they are, and why should people be listening to them? I mean, if the the, the listener doesn't know who they are or why they're even talking about the subject, then why would they listen, right? Mm-hmm. Why would they give us 20 minutes or 40 minutes of their time? So that's how I usually start off. And uh, other than that, it's, it's really pretty um, subject-specific. Gotcha, gotcha. And so your audience, how uh, you've been doing this for two plus years now, I understand. How has the audience growth been? Keeps on growing. <laughs> it keeps on growing. Uh, I mean, we're probably going to get into this a little bit further into this podcast about monetization and and making a living as a podcaster. But I don't, I haven't had the budget to promote this Um and advertise it so the growth has mainly been organic what are the some of the uh tools or tactics that you use to to get that cheap organic growth let's call it so well i i use a hosting particular hosting platform that then has you know you click a button and it gets distributed to other podcast platforms which is amazing Mm -hmm. and then i continue to provide links or to promote the content on Facebook and Instagram. And I have a newsletter. Gotcha. What have been some of the more unique organic growth uh, hacks or um, obviously social channels and newsletter are kind of primary, but, and obviously your distribution channels, but, and and your website, which is phenomenal. Uh, It has all the multimedia content, which is great. Um, have, have there been some unique wins or um, PR wins that you've uh, come across that have drawn new audiences? Uh, you know, every now and again, Alternative Food Network is mentioned somewhere. So there's a bit of a bump. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, we're again, we're a couple of years in and <laughs> while, while we keep growing, we're really not, uh, not in the hundreds of thousands of listeners yet. Mm -hmm. We're not there yet, but you know, we keep plugging away and, uh, so it sounds like the the compounding effect of your content, meaning you have so much content already. So when new users do find you, they yeah. have lots lots to you know catch up on. And so yeah, and if if they're following on the podcast platform, then again, once I upload, they immediately will download. Or if they're following, really, if they're following on social media or uh, check out the website, there, there's always going to be new content for them to to read about and click on and and the, that's the numbers grow so i i can't complain i mean we are at a point now where uh we're doing a tiny bit of boosting at least mm -hmm. on social media but uh it's still mainly organic at this point very cool now let's talk about monetization how does a network like alternative food network look to monetize its content especially when it's not your traditional uh episodic show uh you have so much topical content that you could potentially uh target for specific uh sponsors how have you approached it now and and how do you hope to approach it as you grow yeah, we haven't we haven't done too much. Again, uh, this, these last couple of years have been really about building, building alternative food network, building, creating the content, getting it out there, seeing what works, seeing you know, what doesn't work. Uh, like I, as I said in the beginning, a lot of testing. So we were, I would say, we were at a point probably just before COVID hit in. Canada and North America, where I started approaching potential partners, uh, potential sponsors, and then COVID hit, and we sort of paused those efforts because I found that agencies and brands were pausing their spending as well. Mm -hmm. So I just didn't, just wasn't the right time. So hopefully soon we'll get to pick that up again and see where where that goes. Uh, but down the road, again, probably coming from a television background, um, the ultimate way I would suggest, and maybe we'll see that in the future, not just for the huge shows, but even for mid, small to mid-sized players, will be licensing. I think that is really uh, what will allow podcasters to earn a proper living. And what do you mean by licensing? Could you go deeper? Licensing their content to various outlets. So... Uh, larger podcast houses, um, even even uh, I mean there there are there aren't that many I guess places yet that I can think of uh, when you're small, right? Right? When you're small, that that like I can't really uh, even think of one where I could say, yeah, I'm going to go try license my show. I don't think we're there yet, but perhaps as time goes on, mm -hmm. uh, there will be. Uh, places where there'll be licensor as licensee relationships. 
Well, that'd be that's interesting to to consider. It's almost a syndication model to, that you can approach, where you know there are top blogs, top uh, health and food blogs that you can approach to say, I have this backlog of content of yeah. audio content that you can uh, license for me and distribute on your content and run ads yeah. on it and and make more money. So that's an interesting approach, especially if you have the backlog of content to uh, deliver uh, to yeah. a partner like that. That would be yeah. Cool. And, and my content is what one would call evergreen content, meaning right. it doesn't really have a shelf life. There, there were a couple that I did about cannabis legalization in Canada, mm -hmm. which were pre-legalization. So, you know, something like that would have a shelf life. Um, but other than that, you know, nothing has, nothing is outdated content. So it's, it's prime for something like that. But I, I haven't, at least I have not found a way to license that yet, but I don't. I don't believe that you know that pyramid scheme of not scheme, but the way the the monetization of content podcast content is right now, where you know the small players are getting the bottom of the barrel advertising. Mm -hmm. I mean that that can't sustain a, a livelihood. And that's what Verbal is building to hopefully fix that. So awesome. <laughs> <laughs> now let's talk about production. Uh, early on, I mean, you were in the industry uh, as a lawyer before. How did you attempt or jump into the production side of it? Did you have any help? Did you use any uh, tools or technology to, to help along the way? How did you approach it? So I was accepted into an entrepreneur program in Toronto. That's where, where I live and that's where we're based. Uh, and I got a, when I completed the program, I received a small grant. It was a small grant, but it was great. It kind of got me, uh, it enabled me to, to produce some video content, a couple of the podcasts, just to get a, a start. And, uh, and after that, we just kept, building and building and when I produced the videos of course I hired uh, seasoned professionals to do it and even today with all the podcasts I have a sound recordist who who records and edits the podcast so it's all done on a professional level very cool uh, the last two questions I want to talk about uh, are a little more about your experience as a producer and a ho and a consumer of podcasts. The first one is, what has been the, the coolest outcome or story or or experience you've had as a podcaster, uh, not just as a as a you know website and media uh, brand, but you as a podcaster? Anything cool come out of your experience here? I I would have to say just living through pushing your own boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> and completely going out of your comfort zone and to experience what that is like. Because I, I mean, I, I was a desk person. I, I drafted contracts. I drafted agreements or negotiated. I mean, I was, I don't have an arts background. I'm not trained in broad, uh, you know, hosting. I'm not an actress. I am not a journalist even, <laughs> but I guess having a legal background, you, you do know how to question people, you do know how to get to the facts, and so that has been helpful. But, but definitely living outside of my comfort zone at, at a professional level is, uh, is interesting. Uh, and I've, I've created something now that I am quite proud of. So that's probably the coolest thing is that I, I've changed jobs and and I love I I just love the fact that I was able to do that and uh, and innovate. 
beyond my comfort zone. Yeah, that that left brain, left uh, right brain uh, dynamic is is really heightened when you're trying to do authoritative content like uh, like you produce at AFN, uh, but also be as creative as possible as a as a brand builder. So uh, same thing has occurred to me with Verbal Voices, uh, working with Verbal and uh, building the platform with them. Um, left brain, right brain, every day. So yeah. it's been a lot of yeah. fun. They're in constant battle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. Well, this has been fantastic. Uh, the last thing I want to do is open the mic to you. What do you have going on? What are you currently working on? And how can people find uh, you and AFN? Well, we have a website, alternativefoodnetwork.com, where we house everything. So the blogs, the podcasts, the videos, uh, some resources. Uh, we also ask for people to submit their own uh, recipe videos. So if they're cooking something healthy and want to share, they can upload that content to to our to, uh, rather they can send it to us on our subscribe button uh, and submit your video button. And uh, if it if it is topical, if it meets uh, what Alternative Food Network's, Network is all about with regards to cooking healthy. Uh, then we'll put it out there and help, and, and we're happy to put it on our social media channels, uh, on our newsletter. And so if someone is interested in the newsletter, we, we put it out once a month. And again, they can subscribe on our website to it, uh, Facebook and Instagram, at Alternative Food Network. And we also have an Alternative Food Network group on Facebook that we are just starting to get going. Very cool. Well, thank you again, Esther. I really appreciate your time and uh, can't wait to show you what we're building at Verbal and, uh, and help build uh, Alternative Food Network with you. Thank you very much and good luck to Verbal as well. We'll talk soon. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Verbal Voices. If you're struggling to discover new audio content, go to our website, verbal.com. That's V-U-R-E-L.com to read hundreds of podcast reviews. If you're an audio creator with stories to tell or advice to give, reach out to me directly at paul at verbal.com or tweet at us at getverbal. Until next time. <laughs>